and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanless Podcast. That time is finally here. We've been waiting uh, two years now for Wimbledon uh, to return. Obviously not happening last year. Can't think why that would have been. Uh, we're very pleased today to be having a, a small section later on where uh, Marcus was drawn, joined by David Gertler to uh, talk a bit about uh, some of the qualifiers for this year, uh, year's men's Wimbledon uh, draw. But uh, before that, we'll have a look at some of uh, the big first round matches. And, and joining me, of course, Marcus, I'm sure is uh, as excited as me uh, for for this tournament. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time coming, as you mentioned, the, the two-year absence of the tournament. I really can't wait for it to start. Um, you know, I, it was a bit of a surprise to me. It's been so long that I thought it might have been starting today, the Sunday, but obviously starting tomorrow on the Monday. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to waking up and having that, yeah, that first day, first day of Wimbledon feeling. It's been it's been too long and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really sure that we're going to have some exciting tennis to watch over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Wimbledon never kicking off on the Sunday, uh, always always the Monday. Uh, we've picked out uh, a few first round matches. Uh, there's there's loads of really really good first round matches as there always is uh, for the Grand Slams. But we've picked out sort of a handful of four or five. Then we'll go on and talk about some of the other first round matches that uh, the the bigger players have got. Look at some of the Brits in the draw as well. And then we'll move on to the. Uh, uh, David Gertler section uh, and then we'll also just do a very very quick roundup of what's happened this week at the warm-up tournaments uh, in Eastbourne uh, and in Mallorca. Uh, we're going to start right at the top of the draw um, that of course being number one seed Novak Djokovic. Um, he's on a 14 match win streak having won uh, the last two Wimbledons that's sorry win streak at Wimbledon uh, he is facing the 19-year-old Brit, Jack Draper, uh, in a, a, what must be a bit of a dream draw for Jack Draper, depending on which way you look at it. Um, also a very horrible draw, of course. Um, but Draper got some momentum with him, coming back uh, from two 7-6, uh, 7-6 seven, six, seven, six wins at Queen's against Yannick Sinner uh, and, and Sasha Bublik. Um, so, you know, really, really... Um, surprising uh, week I think he had at Queen's. We learned a lot about him and we, we learned that he's got a great grass court game. Um, he's got the, the big serve, the explosive shots. Djokovic, probably a step or two or 10 uh, too far. But um, what, what do we think about this match, Marcus? And do we just think that Jack Drake will be going into this match, first match on centre court at this Wimbledon, thinking, what an experience, uh, get this under my belt. Uh, maybe can can get a few games in each set and 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 have a good match. Yeah, I definitely think that he's got the strength of character to be able to approach the match in the right way. Um, you know, there's no illusions that he's going to be a you know enormous underdog, and it will probably be one of the biggest shocks we've ever seen in tennis if he was to get the win. Um, you know, Djokovic is heavily fancied against any player in the draw probably, um, to, to win in, in London um, this coming fortnight. So Draper, possibly one of the lowest ranked players in the draw. Um, and of course, getting the wild card is, you know, there's, there's no illusions there. It's, it's going to be a really tough task. I think 
his his coaches and all the people around him will be able to make sure he approaches it in the right way and and, and sort of takes uh, takes it as it comes. I think with with the serve is the greatest weapon that he's got at the moment. His return game definitely still needs a little bit of work. So I think you know if you can hold five, potentially look to hold four, five, six games in a set, then I think that that's what he's going to be going to have to be uh, trying to do. I think it'll be a good learning experience against, of course, an incredible returner like Djokovic that he'll sort of maybe be able to adapt the patterns of where he's putting his serves and try just trying to keep Novak guessing. I think that's that's the sort of main approach he can have. Um, you know, hopefully he can get a break of serve in the match. That would be a bonus. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really good experience for him. And I think, yeah, he'll be looking forward to it in the right way. I think I think he's the type of character that when that when that draw came out, he would have been fist pumping rather than, oh, no, I've got the top seed in the first round. Yeah, completely agree. I think um, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere on centre court. Obviously, with it being so long since we've been able to be there, I think that's always going to amplify the, the volume and increase excitement. And we've got to remember, you know, Djokovic uh, isn't the 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 biggest uh, winner of fans on centre court. Uh, we all remember the the final uh, in 2019 when it was a very heavy Roger Federer supporting crowd. Now I know it's always very a very heavy Roger Federer sporting crowd, but I mean, the, the crowd are going to be fully behind the teenager Draper uh, tomorrow um, at 1pm, as I say, the, uh, the first match on Centre Court. Could be really, really interesting. I'm just going to ask you a straight up question now, Marcus. My answer to this is going to be six. I'm going to go for two games in each set. What? How many games are we saying uh, should be a target for Draper? Uh, I, I, six does sound a little bit low, um, but when you're playing Djokovic and you're ranked, you know, as low as Draper is, and really he's only actually had uh, two tour wins, of course, coming from the Queens, uh, just gone, then lost to Norrie, did have that match against Kukushkin earlier this year at the Miami Open, which he had to pull out injured. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very new prospect uh, playing tour-level tennis for Draper. Um, so, for me, yeah, six games. Are you going to go higher or lower? Or stick with that? I'm going to go higher. I think a good uh, sort of thing for him to aim for would be 10. I don't think that's unrealistic. You know, I think he can get a couple of six fours, six threes in the first couple of sets. Um, you know, this, this is a strange way to be t- previewing a match. Um, but I do think he can get more than six. I think he'll get eight or nine. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll give it a good go. Yeah, I don't want to sound too disrespectful to the Brit. You know, of course he'll be he'll be going out uh, and and try, doing all he can to to win that match. And of course, as Marcus said, if that does come off, probably one of the biggest upsets uh, in in Wimbledon history. Uh, definitely, you'll move on to uh, the, the second first round match we want to look at now. Uh, staying with the Brits, of course, Andy Murray making his singles return at Wimbledon. Um, saw a bit of him at Queens uh, the other week, um, beating Benoit Paire, then losing to the eventual champion uh, Matteo Berrettini. But still, of course, very new for Andy Murray uh, to to be back at Wimbledon uh, singles. He has an awful lot of practice going into this. He's got a, a tough match. Um, Nicholas Bazalashvili, seeded player, um, made a semi final at Halle recently. Uh, he was the the number one seed. Um, uh, no, sorry, but wasn't number one. Uh, lost to um, to uh, Rublev in the semi final um, of Halle, but did string some some good wins together uh, en route to that. And and looking good on grass, I think with Bazalashvili, we 
don't really know too much. It's almost kind of like an all or nothing. You don't exactly know what you're going to get from him. Um, I think of his titles uh, on tour, uh, have they all come from Clay or I don't know? He's won a hardcore tournament possibly as well there. Uh, Mark is nodding at me. Um, but uh, I think an, an immensely tough match for Andy Murray uh, to come up against a, a seeded player. I think perhaps of the seeded players, if he was going to get a seeded player, uh, perhaps Bazalaj really is one of the nicer draws uh, with, with sort of the unpredictability of the Georgian. Um, but uh, I think at the moment for Murray, it's all just about getting on centre court, being the last match on centre tomorrow um, and, and getting some good match play. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I think it'll be really great to see him win couple of set uh one or two sets maybe I, I think it is a winnable match though um I've gone for Bazashvi in my predictions um but yeah what, what do you think of this draw Marcus I, I would say definitely could have been uh a kind of draw for Murray but I also do think it could have been a, a lot a lot harsher yeah I think he's quite a temperamental kind of player we see him have huge ups and then huge downs uh across the tour um, I think it definitely helps Murray it being on one of the big courts. Um, I, I think if this was on a sort of an outdoor court where obviously Murray couldn't get as much sort of overwhelming support, which you'll definitely get, I think Basilashvili would have would have sort of been confident of of wrapping this one up quite quickly. But I think you know Murray will be able to use the crowd. Um, obviously, it's probably the biggest match of his comeback. You'd have to say since since uh, the hit resurfacing. Um, you know, it must be maybe three, four years since he's since he's played at Wimbledon now. So this is kind of one of the crescendos, you'd have to say, of what he's what he's been building towards. So you know, I'm sure Murray will leave everything on the court. He'll he'll do anything to get this win. Um, I mean, I don't think he'll get it, but I, I do think yeah, it'll be a very competitive match. I think Basil Ashley will have to play well and show the form that he showed us in uh, in Halle in in that run to the semi final. To, to get over the line here. I think Murray, yeah, it is a really tough match. I think Murray can sort of run him down. He, he might have, be- he probably has a better defensive game than Basilashvili, but I just think the power and how regularly Basilashvili has been playing this year, he's won a couple of titles and has pretty much been playing week in, week out on the tour, should stand him in good stead in terms of the best of five format, which I'm not sure. Murray will quite have the engine for given everything that's gone on in the last couple of years. But no, it's a really exciting match. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to watching this one. Yeah, no, completely agree. I think um makes up for a, a really watchable match, actually. Bazalashvili is a, a good player to watch um, when he's hitting well and actually probably quite a good player to watch as well when... You don't get the the best Basel last week. It, you know, it makes the game interesting um, and hard to know exactly where Murray's at. I know I think we've spoken a little bit uh, on the last podcast about it. it's very hard to gauge what level Murray's at at the moment with him having sort of quite a comfortable win in the, the first round uh, at Queen's was helped along the way a little bit by Benoit Pair. Uh, and then coming up against the best player at Queen's in, in Berrettini didn't really have an, an awful awfully big chance. Um, I think one thing that's quite agreeable on is Bazadashvili should give him a much tougher test than Pear did, but it should be an easier match for Murray than that Berrettini match was. Uh, so perhaps a bit more of a barometer to see how Murray is feeling at this year's 
Wimbledon. Um, just sticking with the Brits, um, the British number one, Dan Evans, 22nd seed. He's got a tough first round draw um, against Feliciano Lopez, uh, three times a quarter finalist at Wimbledon. Uh, but that last time coming in 2011, since then, he's not made a, a third round appearance since 2016. Uh, Lopez, uh, the 39-year-old, I believe, um, of course, uh, a brilliant grass court player winning Queens in 2019, as, as well as winning the, the doubles title with Andy Murray. And he is actually a bit of a fan favourite at Wimbledon, especially with the, the British crowd. So actually, uh, he, he could still have quite a good support. Uh, when when he plays Dan Evans, um, I'm not sure if that match is tomorrow or Tuesday, actually. Uh, Lopez has a, a 1-0 head-to-head on Evans, that match coming at the Australian Open. Um, he actually smashed him, uh, only lost five games, but that was in the 2016. Obviously, it's a very different Dan Evans we've got now five years later uh, after serving his short, uh, or well, year ban, I think it was. Um, he's been fantastic. When he's come back, um, he's twice made a third round at Wimbledon, so perhaps hasn't had the best performances uh, at Wimbledon that he, he would have hoped for being the British number one. Now, um, he he maybe does have a little bit of a reputation to not bring his best games at the slams and, and, and perhaps perform a little bit better at the, the tournaments below. Um, but I think a, a very winnable match for this, Dan Evans, though it is Lopez and he's extremely hard to beat with the, the big serve he's got on grass, uh, the, the powerful shots. I, I do think this would be one that if Dan Evans was to lose, um, he'd be very disappointed. And I think as sort of British fans generally would be quite disappointed. Obviously, uh, Andy Murray perhaps will go out in the first round. Um, and, and, and then, of course, Dan Evans is our British number one, um, even with Murray still in that draw. So, um, yeah, what we think about this match, Marcus, um, I think Evans should get through it. Um, but Lopez, it's definitely a horrible first round draw for me um, to get out of all the unseeded players. You could get a three-time quarter-finalist and, and someone who just loves grass. Yeah, it's not a kind draw at all for Evans. Although I do think he'll be extremely fired up for this. I think he puts, despite maybe um, flattering to deceive a little, he definitely puts a lot of pressure on himself going into the Grand Slams. And, you know, he knows how much this could mean for his career and, you know, how much sort of joy he can, he can bring to the crowds. I think I've got him to run uh, a deeper than any other player, any other British player, of course, in, in Wimbledon. I, I think he gets the win here. I, I just think... This this is what a coming of age moment for Dan Evans now. I know he's um, 30, 31 now, but it feels like he's just in his peak right now. Obviously, Lopez is, is past that now at 39. Um, I, I think if he can extend the match, he should have the physical edge. I think Lopez has to, his serve has to be bang on to win this match. And if there's any hiccups with the serve, Evans can pounce. I wouldn't say grass is a surface that suits Evans at all. Um, you know, I think he's much more better inclined on the hard courts and, and even clay. Um, but I, I do think he can just be able to channel all his, all his energy, all his anger, all his pressure on, onto the court. And I think he should be able to get the win against Lopez, who's had an up and down year. Obviously, he doesn't play as much as some other players as he does, um, you know, at, at the age of 39. So, yeah, it's a really tricky draw. Um, I'd expect Lopez at least to get set. Um, but I think Evans, hopefully, should, should be able to pull through. I think, I think he's got the game to get over the line in this one. 
Yeah, no, definitely another match where I'm thinking the atmosphere is going to be brilliant on court. As mentioned, uh, Lopez definitely wins the hearts of a lot of fans uh, in the UK, um, even before he won that Queen's doubles title with, with Andy Murray, was quite a loved character uh, around the, the course of, of Wimbledon. The, the fourth match we're going to look at now, um, a bit of a rerun from a, a second round match at the Australian Open earlier this year. Uh, it might sound a, a bit odd that we picked this one out, but it is, of course, the return of Nick Kyrgios, uh, his first match since his third round loss at the Australian Open in five sets to Dominic team. Uh, and he's facing Ugo Bear, who he beat in five sets. That was one of the best matches of the year. Um, he beat Umber in five sets in the second round of the Australian Open. Um, Umber coming into this, though, on fantastic form. He's on a, a six-match win streak after he won uh, in Halle. Um, and then two days later, he managed to win his first round of Mallorca, uh, beating Kecmanovic. Um, however, did withdraw ahead of his uh, next round against Sam Querrey, I think probably just to preserve his body uh, for this tournament, um, having played so much in, in the grass court season so far. I mean, I think it's uh, not a surprise to both of us that he's got a great game for grass. Uh, he's a big guy. He's a big server. Always going to be hitting down a lot of aces in a match and 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 powerful shots, uh, powerful ground strokes. Um bouncing really well off the grass and, and, and definitely suiting his style with him, obviously coming from France. Um, you'd say Wimbledon should be a much more uh, stronger tournament, even than the French Open uh, being his home tournament, as well as that uh, brilliant win in Hallery. He made a quarterfinal at Stuttgart as well. So um, he's played a lot of grass court tennis coming into this match, uh, probably one of the most grass court matches of anyone uh, this year. Uh, and then you've got Nick Kyrgios, who, of course, hasn't played a match uh, since February. Uh, but then you never really know what you're going to get with Kyrgios. Um, all it takes is for him to turn up, serve well, uh, win win over the crowd, uh, use all the momentum. Uh, even at two sets up, I wouldn't, I would certainly not be writing, uh, sorry, two sets down. I certainly wouldn't be writing Kyrgios off winning this match. I think it could be a, a fantastic match. And there's so many matches in the first round that I want to watch. Uh, and, and this is certainly one of them after that second round match at Wimbledon, uh, sorry, at the Australian Open, um, now playing at Wimbledon. Uh, what do you think about this one, Marcus? I, I think Umber has to sort of go in as favourite because of the form that we've got. But um, Nick Kyrgios, of course, is Nick Kyrgios and uh, we never really know what's going to happen. So as much as I think Umber probably will win, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Kyrgios turns up and completely blows him off the deck um, and, and is just playing brilliant tennis. Yeah, always a bit of a wild card and exhibition man, Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, we, we don't have the backlog of form to really know what else to go off. He, he produced some amazing tennis at the Australian Open. I mean, he really is an incredible talent. Um, so, yeah, we, we do really don't know what we're going to get. Obviously, the way that we sort of look into predictions and previewing tells us that you know, it's really hard not to say that Umber comes into this one as favourite with the form that he's had, obviously. You know, it's a great title to for him to win in Halle. And, um, yeah, he's just loving it on the grass compared to, you know, a really tough clay court season. So I think this has got five sets written all over it yet again, um, just similarly as it was in Melbourne. Um, but I think Umber might have a bit more in the tank in the end. But, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be an amazing match. Always box office to watch is Nick Kyrgios. 
yeah, really exciting uh, to see him back at Wimbledon. Obviously, next year, uh, there'll be much more pressure on him to start playing the tournaments again uh, with the sort of two-year ranking system. It has kind of meant that he doesn't really need to play any matches and he's still ranked high enough uh, to just get into Wimbledon uh, without needing a wild card or anything. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that post-Wimbledon we can have Kyrgios back on the tour more regularly. Uh, you do either love him or hate him, but I do think that uh, he, he's definitely good for the sport, gets people interested. Um, let's just move on uh, to Roger Federer. Uh, back at Wimbledon, uh, obviously the runner-up in 2019, but since the back end of 2019, didn't play a lot of tennis last year. Um, had a lot of operations as well to make sure he's fit. We saw him at the French Open looking very good. He withdrew um, ahead of his third round match, I believe, um, to prepare for the grass court season. Saw him in. Haller the other week uh, where he got a win against Ineo Vashka uh, before going out to the young uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime. Um, he faces Adrian Manorino of France, um, a good grass court player. We saw him uh, have quite a good match with Dan Evans at Queen's uh, a few weeks ago, um, or well, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, if Federer was to win this, uh, a second round match against either Yuchi Sagita or Richard Gasquet, uh, and then a potential third round with Cam Norrie. So uh, I, I think you could definitely uh, definitely see Federer running through to the third round at this tournament, I think. Obviously, I don't know what you've gone for, Marcus, in his first round match against Manorino, but I'm, I, I do assume that if you've got him to win that, you've probably got him making round three with Sagita and Gasquet being his, his second round opponent. Um, Norrie Federer third round would be really exciting uh, with Norrie playing so well at Queen's coming runner up the other week but um, what, what are we expecting from Federer at Wimbledon this year for me uh, you can never really write him off having a, a brilliant run at Wimbledon yeah I think he's got a, a nice draw to suit that as well I think Manorino first round is lovely stuff I, I, I don't see any other scoreline apart from a straight sets win for Roger Federer there I know Manorino's had some decent results on grass courts over the years but you know, he doesn't match up to Federer at all. I don't think he can challenge him in that. And then, yeah, Sagita or Gasquet in the second round is also very kind. Um, Cam Norrie, you know, is in the form of his life, but I, I'm not sure he beats Roger Federer. I think maybe he could take a set off him and, and make it tricky. But I think Federer, you know, has got a nice draw and he's got a, yeah, a nice path to um, get some wins under his belt and start feeling good about himself and start hitting the ball a bit cleaner. Uh, just getting some rhythm back into his game. Obviously, he's hardly played uh, in the last year. So, yeah, I think he's got a nice draw and I fully expect him to make at least the fourth round. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect him to drop a set to make the third round to hopefully set up that match with Norrie. Um, so, yeah, it's a very nice pathway. And I think, yeah, Federer can can use the crowd and, and have a, a strong tournament. You know, I, I don't see him running that deep into the tournament, but I think he can at least equal, if not better, um, how he got on at, at the French Open. Yeah, uh, the, the last match I wanted to sort of just do an extended uh, little chat about, um, Daniel Medvedev uh, comes into this the second seed. Um, just, just before we talk about this match, a, a very interesting stat, uh, Marcus, that I was looking at earlier. Obviously, we've got Djokovic, number one seed. Federer, I believe, is number six seed. Uh, of those other eight in the top 10 seeds, only one 
uh, has ever made a quarter final at Wimbledon, that being uh, Roberto Bautista Aguirre. Obviously, none of Medvedev sits surpass Rublev. Um, I know team isn't playing. Actually, I think team may have made a quarter final, but he is not playing it at this uh, year's Wimbledon. Um, in fact, no, I'm fairly certain team hasn't made a quarter final at Wimbledon. Um, anyway, um, so it's it's below Djokovic. It's a it's a very open draw. Uh, Medvedev comes into the second seed, but a little bit like the French Open where he was second seed uh, above Nadal, who was third. It's For me, it is hard to see Medvedev as the second seed for this tournament. Um, he's had a very good week, uh, just gone winning the title in Mallorca on the grass. Um, but he's got a, a first round match against Jan Leonard Struff. And I think this is banana skin all over. Uh, Struff actually beat him. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in Halle, 7-6, 6-3. Um, a, a good grass court player himself. Um, probably one of the highest ranked players outside of the seeded players. Uh, so a, a really tough first round draw for Medvedev. And then he's potentially got a third round match with a former finalist, Marin Cilic. I, I think Medvedev's got a horrible draw, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this first round match, Marcus, uh, against Struff, um, all that speaks out to me when I look at this match is is banana skin. They're the only two words I can think of. Uh, I, I don't really remember Striff ever having too much of a run at Wimbledon. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't got his performance at Wimbledon in front of me uh, at the moment, but um, I, I could certainly see Striff winning this match. Well, he's got a big serve. Um, Germans tend to love it on grass, I think. Um, and he's just a decent all-rounder, really, Adler on Struff. Um, you know, very consistent player. Uh, you know, he's never won an ATP Tour title, but continues to sort of push on to the quarterfinal, semifinal stages uh, on the tour most weeks. So, I th- yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a very tricky first round match. Obviously, beat Medvedev in Haller, uh, beat Andre Rublev in the first round of the French Open, which came as a little bit of a surprise. But that just shows that, you know, he's got he's got it at slams. He's got, he's got it in best of five. His experience now, I think, is about 30. So, you know, the pressure of playing the second seed, I don't expect to get to him. But I think Medvedev will be fine. <laughs> I think he justifies second seed. I, I kind of disagree with you. Um, I think outside of of the clay courts on Highland grass, I don't see any reason why he's not the second best player in the world, especially with Dominic Team um, not in the draw. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Medvedev will be fine. I'm really excited to see how he gets on in the next fortnight. Um, you know, made light work of Sam Query yesterday um, in Mallorca, which. You could maybe argue is a similar test to Jan Anodstruff. Um, you know, 6'4", six, 6'2", six, he won there in the final. So I think this could be a, a really good fortnight for Daniil Medvedev. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching how he gets on. The Marin Cilic match is also absolutely horrible in the third round. Uh, you know, we're seeing these players now, obviously Cilic is a former Grand Slam winner, sort of falling down the rankings and so ended up playing these younger, higher-seeded players in earlier rounds of a slam. And I think, yeah, that that falls really awkwardly for him. Um, that, that'll be a tough match. But no, I'm, I'm happy to to back Medvedev to the hills. Um, I, I can see a strong fortnight coming from him. And I think Jelena Struff might take a set or something, but I, th- I think Medvedev should be able to do quite a professional job on him. Yeah, uh, just a look, Struff, um, twice a third round. Uh, player at Wimbledon. The last two Wimbledons actually he's made the, the third round, so uh, definitely has got uh, some some good wins on the grass. Um, just now, uh, before we go on to talk about the Brits, I'm uh, just going to rattle off 
a few other matches uh, coming up in that third round match. Uh, Sitsipas, of course, coming so close to that French Open debut Grand Slam title. Um, he's got Francis TFO in the first round, um, player who you'd probably expect him to beat quite comfortably. TFO uh, just coming off the back of a loss to Liam Brody at Eastbourne. Sasha Zverev uh, will face Tanon Griekspor. Uh, in the first round, I think a player that I, I'm fairly certain you rate, Marcus. Um, he's just come through a five-set uh, qualifying win against the British teenager, Arthur Ferry. Um, Andre Rublev will have Del Bonis, which I, I, I feel is quite a tough match uh, for Rublev. I, I don't know why so much, because I know Del Bonis is much more of a, a clay court player. But um, Rublev, of course, we, we don't really see too much of his we haven't seen too much of his Grand Slam pedigree yet um, and of course that as you say a third, first round exit to uh, uh, in the French Open just gone uh, Berrettini will face uh, 2019 quarterfinalist Guido Payer and uh, Bautista the 2019 semi-finalist will face John Millman in a, a really good first first round match I would love to be on court for that match two players uh, great to watch in, in Bautista Agut Milman, I don't know if there's anything extra you wanted to just add on those five matches, Marcus. Uh, just no, just rattling off a few first rounds for you. Um, let's just look at the other Brits that we haven't talked about. Uh, Cam Norrie, of course, coming off of that runner-up at uh, Queen's. A really good week for the British number two. Uh, he faces Luca Poyi, a former quarter-finalist at Wimbledon in 2016, has had a lot of injury problems and he's much more of a challenger-level player now. Um, but he is still ranked high enough uh, to, to get into Wimbledon without needing uh, to qualify. Um, Nori, uh, yeah, Nori Poyi in that first round match. Uh, what do you think about this match, Marcus? Um, you know, I think at his best in the years gone by, Luca Poyi's top level is definitely better than that of Cam Nori. You know, he's a top 15 player, top 20 player for quite a while, maybe even, maybe even going to the top 10 for a week or so. Um, so, yeah. Puy um, is a great player, but he doesn't have the fitness or the record in the last couple of years to command any kind of favouring in this match. I don't think. I think Cam Norris should be fine. He's um, shown that he can transfer his form from the clay onto the grass. Um, yeah, it was a great week in Queens. I think, yeah, a bit of a fan favourite now. Um, so, yeah, in, in the form of his life, just 25, reaching, you know, re really developing nicely as Cam Norris. And I don't see him having any problems with Luca Puy in the first round. And then the other uh, two British men, uh, wild cards, Liam Brody after a brilliant performance in Eastbourne, beating uh, Francis TFO. That's uh, probably one of the, the best wins uh, of his career, you know, coming into a, a, an ATP Tour title in his home country and, and beating a player ranked quite a bit higher than him. Uh, he will face Marco Cecinato, uh, who has never made... Uh, who has never won a Grand Slam match outside of Roland Garros, which is a crazy statistic considering he actually made the semi-final of Roland Garros. I think that might have been back in 2017. Um, now, of, of course, but not has never won a match at the Australian Open, uh, Wimbledon or the US Open. I think this is actually a match that Liam Brody will probably feel that he should probably win. Uh, after a brilliant performance last week uh, against Francis TFO, I think he goes in as favourite against Cecinato. Uh, and, and the third, um, well, the last little match uh, we're looking at for the 
the Brits, uh, Jay Clark, the wild card, will face uh, Igor Gerasimov, uh, the, the Belarusian. Uh, Marcus Zinni, I know you're also backing Liam Brody to beat Chechenato. Um, word on Gerasimov, Clark. I, I think this is a winnable match for Jay Clark. I, I haven't gone with the Brit um, on my predictions, but um, I, I do think he could definitely get through this against uh, Gerasimov. It's an opportunity for sure. I think, you know, Grasimov's a really solid player. Um, I think, you know, he'll be really excited for this opportunity, even to play a Brit. Um, even if the crowd is against him, I think he'll just enjoy the occasion. Um, Clark can make it tough for him. Um, it's definitely an opportunity for him to to show what he can do. Has kind of stagnated and maybe a little bit in the last few years, showed some really exciting signs when he was in his sort of early 20s, late teen years. Um, but it hasn't really come together, neither on the Challenger Tour or... Uh, ATP tour as yet for Jay Clark so this is a real opportunity for him um, but I just think Grasimov will be a bit too good I, I, I'd like I, I'd like to see Clark take a set I think that's definitely a realistic in this match um, but yeah Grasimov's a solid player and I don't think anything will phase him in this one Yeah as you say I think he'll really enjoy the occasion when uh, we were actually at Eastbourne on the Tuesday he was a uh, centre court against uh, Joe Wilfred Songa and you could hear brilliant atmosphere, uh, mainly, of course, people supporting Joe Wilfred Songa, but Grasimov got that win and, and probably has already won over a handful of fans, uh, a handful of British fans uh, after getting that match win on a centre court. Um, right, we've got a, a little section coming up now where Marcus was was lucky enough to speak to David Gertler out in America uh, following the uh, Wilden qualifying closely. So if there's a, a few players uh, that you might not have know too much about, uh, but are coming into this match uh, with three wins uh, behind them and, and lots of momentum, uh, you can definitely learn a little bit about them in this section. So I'll hand it over to Marcus and David. I'm delighted to say that joining me on the line, all the way from Louisiana, I assume, uh, is David Gertler of Cracked Rackets, of Last Word on Tennis, of The Great Shot podcast, and plenty of other publications. David, how are you doing? I know you love talking about the qualifiers as we move towards a Grand Slam next week. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, time in tennis, there's not much time between major, especially these two. I'm very excited. It feels like we're just having like tennis overload lately. And it's too much after last year at this time when there was hardly anything. It's just so nice to have so much tennis. We really are spoiled for choice at times, aren't we, on the tour? Um, so, yeah, just to go straight into it, we're going to be profiling a few of the uh, challenges on the, on the men's side going into Wimbledon in this little snippet of the episode. Just to run you through the players that did uh, make it through qualifying, obviously three rounds at Wimbledon and the last round of qualifying going to five sets, which is quite an interesting test of, of some players that are typically uh, don't, don't even play Grand Slam level tennis. So to see them in a best of five set format was interesting. So just to run through the qualifiers from the top of the qualifying draw to the bottom, you've got Barrios, which came as a little bit of a surprise for me, the Chilean. Uh, then Mackenzie McDonald, uh, Brandon Nakashima. Uh, you've got Zhang, uh, you've got Ote, you've got Kudler, Rindanek, Greek Spore, uh, Bonzi, uh, Bernabe Zapata-Mirayes, Trangaliti, Huang, Polmans, Masur, Barrere and O'Connell. Now I know there's four that you want to talk to talk about in particular, David, so we can so we can hopefully shed some light on the players that could cause some waves when the draw does kick off. 
what do you make of the field that made it through in the first place? Obviously, uh, so we, we both sort of offered our, our predictions on who was going to make it through in the first place, but it was a really interesting qualification tournament in, in, uh, at Wimbledon this week. Yeah, it, they're really good mix of players. You have big servers like Rinderneck and Ate, but you also have players that maybe you wouldn't expect. You mentioned you were surprised about Barrios Vera. I was surprised about him too. Also, Bernabe Zapata Morales, who I watched, he probably played the best match in Roehampton this year against uh, Matusevic in the final qualifying round. He, I was not expecting him to have too much success on grass. He's more of a clay quarter, but he he transitioned his game perfectly to the grass. Yeah, definitely. I think I looked at the draw and I saw quite a few yeah, players that we sort of shoehorn in as clay quarters, like Zapata Morales, but as you say, he's been able to transition his form over obviously Trungaliti as well, possibly a player that I associate a, a, a bit more with the clay club. He was, he was able to get past Botic, Van der Zanschop in the last round of qualifying. So that was a very impressive win. Yeah. But to go on to David's players, the ones that you need to look out for that might be able to cause a few shocks. Now, one of them, the first name is Dennis Kudler. Now, I, I don't think in years gone by, I should really be reading Dennis Kudler off my notes when we're talking about qualifying because he's been a quality top 100 player in his career and has had an extremely good grass court season. You have to say he's beaten Pellegrino, Kakpazuk and Federico Jao in straight sets to make it through to uh, obviously the main draw. But he had a good few weeks, even in preparation, just for qualification as well. Um, so you're expecting big things from Kudler in the main draw. Absolutely. Yeah, and he made the final of the Nottingham one challenger and then he made the quarterfinals of the Nottingham two in qualifying. He only was broken one time and he only faced five break points the entire tournament. I mean, that is nuts, especially because when you consider that Kudla doesn't have the biggest serve on, he doesn't have a render neck type serve. So for him to only face five break points just shows the quality of his baseline game throughout the qualifying tournament. Yeah, definitely going to be a threat. It's going to be an interesting player. I think, if memory serves, he had a very good 2017 or 2018 season and then kind of fell away outside of the top 100. So I feel like this is kind of his reclaiming what he left behind now, having a really a thoroughly good uh, grass court season and moving into Wimbledon, hopefully to throw a shoe uh, through throw a few <laughs> shocks in the bag, uh, Dennis Kudler. But moving on to um, Arthur Rindeneck, the Frenchman, has kind of been one of the breakout players of the season for me. Uh, beat Yannick Sinner in Lyon, possibly his standout win of the season. But he'll be delighted to make it through for, to the first round. He beat Matthias Borge in the first round in three sets, then a young British player in Jack Pinnington, J Pick Pinnington Jones and Nikola Milojevic in straight sets in the last round. Now, Milojevic had actually beaten Lucas Lachko uh, on his way to, to making the final round. So he, as a maybe a clay quarter, the Serbian, um, showed that he too could, could transfer his skills onto a grass court. What did you make of Rindanek in qualifying? And obviously we've seen he's putting some good results on the ATP tour so far this year. So definitely a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned this was a breakout season. He really, he started off strong. He won Istanbul Challenger to uh, start the year on indoor hard. He does really well on quicker surfaces. So, and he's very good at the net. So it does not surprise me at all that he's having so much success on, on grass. His first serve played a huge role in his ability to qualify for the tournament. 
he won at least 79% of his first serve points in all three of the qualifying matches he played. And here's something crazy. He got broken in his first service game of the qualifying tournament. And then he wasn't broken for the rest of the tournament. And he only, after that first service game, he only faced two break points. So it's going to be very tough to break down his serve. And I am very excited to see how he can do, uh, in the, in the main draw, starting off with Oscar Ate, another qualifier. And he actually had success. He played his first professional grass, uh, grass court tournament ever in Halle uh, a couple weeks ago. And he qualified and won a, a round in the main draw. So he's really learning how to play on the grass quickly. Yeah, that does stand out actually with the sort of history of, of big servers doing well at Wimbledon, particularly in the last few years. Of course, we had that marathon semi-final of John Isner against Kevin Anderson a few years ago. So, yeah, definitely one to look out for in Arthur Rindeneck. The second two are American players, so maybe a little bit closer to home for you, David. But obviously, Mackenzie McDonald had to work very hard to get through Wimbledon qualifying. He went the distance in his matches against Copahans, uh, Ilya Marchenko and Maxim Cressy in the last round of qualifying. Now, McDonald, of course, has had his injury issues over the last couple of years, but has made it through to the first round. And he, I, th I think he's got a decent memory, maybe making third or fourth round at Wimbledon um, in recent years. So definitely a player that can look to try and bump up his ranking, maybe even break back into the top 100, top 100 in this week coming. Yeah. You said it best. He had to work really hard. And he had a tough draw. Copahans doesn't give anything away. Cressy in the final qualifying round is a big server, big serve and volleyer. And then Marchenko, too, is, has that power tennis game that can make you uncomfortable in grass. His ability to engineer break points was important. Uh, he was able to engineer 44 break point chances. He really... That was probably the constant because his game was a little up and down, but he's just a little bit better than everyone else. He really is an ATP level player. He has those flatter ground strokes that cut through the grass towards well. He has a nice bigger serve and he hits his targets. It was a, it wasn't the easiest qualifying campaign, but there's no surprise that he ended up on top of his of his section. Yeah, hits these shots with more precision, I think you'd have to say, than players at challenger level and obviously they find themselves in the qualification draw. Now, moving on to the final player that we're going to highlight in this little piece, and it's Brandon Nakashima. Uh, a bit of a wild card. Can't say that I thought that he was a name that was going to make it through quite a tough sort of bracket moving through qualification. Just 19 years old as well. He beat Vukic, the Australian big server, Victor Troitsky, who, of course, he's, he's sent into retirement as a result. Yeah. And uh, Ernest Gulmis a player that's had decent memories at, at Wimbledon and a former top 10 player, of course, in the last round. Um, so yeah, Nakashima plays Taylor Fritz in the first round, an All-American affair. I think that's definitely one of the one of the picks of the first round draw. What, what's your assessment of, of Nakashima in qualifying? Obviously, he's having a very good year. Um, looks like a player who could be breaking into the top 100 in the sort of months to come before, before the end of this season. At 19 years old, you must be very optimistic about the talent that he's shown. Yeah, absolutely. Ernest Golbis was playing great tennis. He was serving really well before Nakashima dismantled him. He really is both on serve and return playing great tennis. He won at least 75% of his first serve points in all three of his qualifying matches. And then on return, he held all three of his qualifying opponents to 35% or less second serve points won. So he really took advantage and stepped up and cracked second serve returns. And you're right. He 
he didn't look great coming into the tournament. He struggled in the challenge in the challenger matches uh, before coming into Wimbledon, but he had had success in actually in Roehampton before in junior. So maybe that helped him just, he, he said, he said that helped him, I believe uh, during the qualifying campaign, but yeah, he hits his spots on, on a serve. He really, something that's the biggest improvement from about a year ago at this time is he's really worked hard on his ability on his net court and his net ability. So he really approaches the net with authority and he puts away balls nicely with good volleys and he hits flatter ground strokes too, which again, as I kind of said with McDonald, that really helps on grass courts where the bounce isn't that high. Okay. Yeah. It's always interesting to see how these players match up to the grass court service. I think I feel like I came into this, grass court season thinking why isn't it so why is it so short maybe we should have a masters 1000 on this surface of course we've got a grand slam as well i i kind of think i exit it feel think feeling a little bit more grateful that uh it is um it is so short maybe about a month of season you've you get obviously such a big transition coming after the clay or after the clay court court swing and then roland garros of course what have you made of the different viewing of tennis and the, the different patterns of play that we've definitely seen over the last few weeks. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I definitely kind of forgot what it was like since we didn't have a grass court season last year, but it's nice. I, I, it's nice having a contrast to the slower, longer points, baseline centric play on clay. I do kind of like clay court tennis better, but it's nice to have that contrast for a little bit with the grass and to get to see other players shine although you have a player like Ate who didn't drop a set in Roland Garros qualifying or Wimbledon qualifying so some players are able to do well on both but there's definitely a contrast in terms of bigger servers having a chance more on grass compared to clay and it's been nice to see and I'm very excited for Wimbledon just there's nothing like waking up on that Monday morning first Monday morning of Wimbledon seeing the fresh grass it's just such an awesome experience to watch and i'm sure you're excited about it too huh yeah it's a very unique event and obviously at the sort of climax of the grass court season it's going to be very exciting to watch um of course with the two-week gap in between the french open i feel like i'm still recovering from roland garros to be honest and uh, we're talking about his uh wimbledon starting in the next couple of days but you know i'm not going to complain as you said uh, right at the start we've had a bit of tennis overload but you know what more could we ask for it's, it's going to be great to watch and i think um moving on towards towards the rest of the season this is really going to be a an accelerator and uh you know it's going to be really interesting to see how these qualifiers get on there's plenty of talent up and coming um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they get on in their first round draws. It's been a been an interesting draw, uh, throwing up some very interesting matches. I'm going to just going to pick your brains on one of them. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw any of his action at Queens Club, but of course you've got 19 year old British player Jack Draper against Novak Djokovic in the very first round. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are going to be on that one. Hopefully it'll be a good learning experience, nothing too harrowing for the Brit in this one. But obviously Djokovic <laughs> hot favourite for the whole tournament. And he ends up with Draper in the first round. How do you kind of see this match playing out? And how do you see uh, each player sort of faring compared to their opposition? Well, yes, it's going to be very tough on Jack. He His strength is his serve. He has a huge lefty serve. Unfortunately for him, Djokovic 
he's great at everything, but his return is the best by far in Dennis. Uh, so he is going to struggle a lot when Djokovic is poking back in tough positions, returns that Japer usually sees aces on, uh, so, on when he's serving. So yeah, that's going to be tough. I, I, I like J- I think Draper is a high ceiling in terms of he has that huge lefty serve, the huge lefty forehand. He's really aggressive. I do think that his return needs some improvement. And so I think he'll, you'll, I think we'll all see that when he plays Djokovic, but it'll be, you, you said it best. It'll be a great learning experience and who knows, maybe he can take a set to seven, five or seven, six or something like that. That should be the goal because he's not winning the match unless Djokovic gets injured. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a, yeah, a steep learning curve, as you say. Um, I think that brings us to the end of all we've got to talk about on qualification. Obviously the two to keep an, uh, the four players, sorry, to keep an eye on are Dennis Kudler, Arthur Rindenek, Mackenzie McDonald and Brandon Nakashima. Thanks a lot for joining me, David. Um, I, I look forward to hopefully getting you on for the US Open as well. <laughs> I look forward uh, to, to August, but no, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot for joining. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And I, Let's enjoy the tennis over the next two weeks, huh? Well, thank you very much, David, uh, for doing that with Marcus. So we look forward to having you on again in the future. Um, Marcus and I are just going to run through um, our predictions uh, for Wimbledon with our predicted draws. So we're going to go through the fourth rounds. Uh, so, of course, uh, there being uh, eight of them, if my maths is serving me correctly. Um, I'm going to start off, and what I'll do is I'll do uh, two at a time. Uh, and um, we can uh, see what what each other has. So let me just scroll to my fourth rounds. Uh, the first fourth round match, uh, I've got Novak Djokovic to face uh, a qualifier in Mark Pullman's. Um, I think I know Marcus has gone for this as well. Obviously, he'll uh, come on to talk about that. But I, I do feel the Australian has a, a really nice draw, a first round against. Jenhansen Liu, uh, still not really sure how he's uh, getting into these tournaments with, with his ranking, but hey, that's another discussion. Um, then in a second round match uh, against Christian Harin, much more of a clay quarter. Uh, and then I've got him to, to face uh, Stefano Travaglia uh, in the third round. But I, I do feel that the Australian could definitely have a good little run. He's got a nice draw. Uh, so I've got Djokovic to face him, of course. I've, I think Djokovic will be far too much for for Pullman's. Um, and the second uh, fourth round, I've got I've got Marton Futsovic, a player who we got to see a little bit of at Eastbourne the other day. Actually, I've got him to beat Yannick Sinner in the first round. So a big result for him. Sinner though uh, hasn't got a professional win on on a grass court yet. So for me, um, Futsovic goes into that as, as a bit of a favourite in in my mind. Uh, and I've got Futsovic to win a, a third round match against Liam Brody. Uh, after that Brody Chechenato win, I've got him to upset the number nine seed, Diego Schwartzman. Uh, so that's a, a huge uh, pick that I've gone for, I think, as well. I think Marcus might have also gone for that. Um, but yeah, I've got through to come through that bit of the draw, beating Liam Brody in the third round and will face uh, the fifth seed, Andre Rublev, in the fourth round, uh, who I've got to beat uh, Delbonis, Lloyd Harris and uh, Fabio Fanini, uh, Marcus, uh, what are you saying for those two fourth rounds? 
Uh, very similar, I think. I've got similar pathways as well. It's very unlike you to not back Yannick Sinner. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I've gone for him. Uh, it's, it's not very often that we see me push Sinner further than you in a draw. Um, but I do have Sinner to make the fourth round and face Andre Rublev. Um, obviously, when you have Martin Fuchovic, um I don't know why, really. Fuchovic is a solid all-round player. And as you mentioned, Sinner without a win as yet. I just think on raw ability, he might have enough to get over the line. Fuchovic lost to Konsum Wu in uh, Eastbourne last week. Quite a disappointing result. I thought that was a, a tournament that he could have gone on and had a, a really good run in. But, um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Sinner can, can show a little bit of uh, his potential at Wimbledon and uh, make a run to the last 16. So, yeah, face Andre Rublev. Quite a tough path for Rublev into that last 16. Del Bonis, Harris and Fonini could all be tricky. Um, but, you know, he's such a good player. And I think that even the form he showed in Haller to make the final, despite the loss to Umber, was very encouraging. Uh, I think his style matches up quite well to Grasser. You know, I, I fully expect him to get there. And then, yeah, same as you, Mark Palmans versus Novak Djokovic. Yeah, I've got him to beat Jensen Liu, Bernabe, Zapata Mirayas, who I have to beat Christian Garin in the first round. And then Gael Monfils, of course, who is struggling a little bit, lost to uh, Max Purcell in uh, Eastbourne last week. So I think Pullman's can sort of repeat that feat, have an Aussie knock Monfils out of another grass court tournament. And I think Pullman's, when when he's on, when when he's running hot, is a top 100 player, in my opinion, at his best. Um, and I think the kind of freebie match of Yen Sun Lu in the first round might sort of ease him in nicely. And uh, I think he might be a little more composed after a nice, comfortable first round win. And of course, as we discussed, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely little route to the last 16. Yeah, I don't want to uh, make this almost the, the anti Jensen Lu podcast, but uh, we, we are both a little bit confused to keep seeing his name appear in draws all of a sudden. I'm not sure uh, when the last time he, he won a match was, to be honest. And, and his ranking, I don't really understand how it's still good enough to get him into this tournament. Um, I'll go with my next ones. Uh, I've got Stefano Sitsipas to face Dan Evans in the fourth round, a match that I would love to watch. Uh, it'd be a great atmosphere. Uh, I've got Sitsipas to come through against Tiafo, Vasek Pospisil, and uh, the qualifier Mackenzie McDonald, who I've got to uh, knock out Karen Hatchinoff in the first round. So, actually, as Marcus says, uh, normally would back Yannick Sinner to get far. I also normally back uh, Karen Hatchinoff to go far and he never does. So uh, I've, I have actually gone for Mackenzie McDonald uh, to make the third round uh, and face Sitsipas. But yeah, the fourth round match, I've got Sitsipas against Dan Evans, who of course has that tough first round match against Feliciano Lopez. Uh, I've got him to face uh, Gilles Simon in the second round uh, and Sebastian Corda in the third round. Um and that last, uh, well, not last, the, the next quarter final, uh, fourth round, I beg your pardon, I've got uh, Denis Shapovalov um, to face Roberto Bautista Agu. Um, Shapovalov coming through against uh, veteran Philip Kohlschreiber, then uh, Herbert and Basilashvili in the third round, and uh, Bautista Agu, tough draw. Uh, John Millman in the first round, uh, Ketchmanovic in the second round, and then I'm going to face Dominic Kerpfer in the third round. He's a player who's, who's playing very well at the moment, giving Federer that really good match at the uh, the French Open. But uh, yeah, I've got Shapovalov, uh, Batista, Gu in that fourth round. 
Yeah, I completely agree, to be honest. Um, Sitsipas versus Evans for me. I've also got Mackenzie McDonald to make the third round and beat Hatchinov. Um, one change is uh, Nikolaus Basilashvili to face Roberto Bautista. He's a man I've backed to quite successfully um, over this, this season. Um, so, yeah, maybe a little bit biased towards Nikolaus here, but I feel like he could do quite well at Wimbledon. And I think Shapovalov, we're yet to see. I know he made a quarterfinal, I think, of yeah, of the US Open. Um, but I do think he's maybe a year off really being a, a threat in the second week of slams. Although he does have a nice quarter. So if he, you know, if he is playing well, he could even go on and, and beat RBA and and get to the quarterfinal. But I think Nicolas Bazilashvili could have too much to him if he's on a good day. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's a really tricky path for RBA, but I think. Once he gets past Milman, um, Ketchmanovic, I'd expect him to win that. And obviously Opelka, you never really know. He really could get a stranglehold of a match. But uh, yeah, I think Bautista could, could use his experience and um, yeah, push on to the quarterfinal is where I've got him. Okay, um, I will let uh, you go first, Marcus, with your next two fourth rounds. Sure. So um, one of the much fancied players, I've got Matteo Berrettini to face Aslan Karatsev, obviously the Queen's champion. I've got him to face uh, John Isner in the third round and come through that. Well, that will be a, a tough match. You know, these big servers on grass are never easy. Uh, Karatsev, I've got him to get past Shadi Ivashka and Kasper Ruud. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be a really exciting match, I think, if it does come to pass Berrettini against Karatsev, a repeat of that. Belgrade final but I think yeah Berrettini is looking really hot at the moment um so yeah I fully expect him to make the second week um and then my next one I've got Ugo Mbert the Halle champion of course to face Alexander Zverev uh, I've got Mbert of course to beat Kyrgios in the first round uh faces a tough tough one against Felix Auger-Aliassime in the third round but I think he might just be able to come through that and then Zverev has quite a nice path I think Talon Greekspor the qualifier could could test him, could maybe get a set in, in the first round. Obviously, we saw Alexander Zverev drop two sets to Oscar Otte in the French Open. Maybe there could be some kind of repeat of that. But then I've got him to get past Gombos and Taylor Fritz, which I think he could do quite straightforwardly. I think Zverev now is at a level where, you know, we, we question his ability against the best players, but against the rest of the field, I think he's he, he could do quite a professional job on them as he did at uh, Roland Garros. So, yeah, Umber versus Zverev and Berrettini, Karatsev. Yeah, uh, similar. In fact, actually, uh, yeah, exactly the same. Uh, Berrettini, uh, Karatsev. Uh, that Berrettini isn't a match. Uh, as you say, two very good servers might not be the most watchable match uh, of the tournament. Um, and Karatsev, I've actually got to beat Nishikori in the third round. I've got Kasper Rude to lose in the first round uh, to Jordan Thompson. Uh, Nishikori to come through against Alexei Poppy Rin and then beat Thompson in that second round. Uh, Nishikori does love a grand slam, does love a five sets win, um, is twice a quarter finalist at Wimbledon, I believe, as well. So, um, though he doesn't really have the natural attributes to go too far on a grass court, in my mind, um, I think he will get to that third round, but uh, lose to uh, Aslan Karatsev. Uh, and then I've also got Umber to face uh, Sasha Zverev. I've got actually Zverev to beat Denis Novak in the third round, a player that I, I do always like to um, back at Wimbledon, uh, having qualified for it uh, hundreds of times. He actually didn't have to go through the qualifying draw this time. Um, his ranking has obviously allowed him to, to get in. I know 
they I think they do things a little bit differently with the grass courts. So perhaps all of those are um, qualified uh, qualified for uh, Wimbledon will um, uh, would have helped him get in the draw. I've got Fritz to go out in the first round to uh, Brandon Nakashima. Um, Fritz, Marcus actually telling me the other day that Fritz, I believe, just had a, a little bit of surgery, a, a bit out of practice. Nakashima coming through the uh, the qualifying uh, as well, so the, I think he's only nineteen. So uh, it'd be good to see him get a possibly a first Grand Slam win. Uh, I'm not sure if we've seen Nakashima go into to Grand Slam second rounds before, um, but yeah, that fourth round, of course, Mbe. Uh, and Zverev. Uh, so, Marcus, uh, your last two fourth rounds. Sure thing. Um, well, I have Roger Federer versus Lorenzo Sonego uh, as we move towards the bottom of the draw. I think we've got Sonego to beat. He's got a nice couple of first uh, matches. I think Pedro Sousa, uh, Sousa I'm going to go for Sousa, in the, in the first round, I think is very winnable. Uh, then Daniel Alahi Galan Riveros in the second should be pretty comfortable. Of course, Sonego coming in off the back of making the final in Eastbourne. Uh, then I've got him to beat Pablo Carreno Busta. Although you know Sam Query's in this section, so it could be could be a tricky one. He could be a bit of a bracket killer. Um, but yeah, I've got Sonego to actually beat Federer and make the quarterfinal. There's a little spoiler. So yeah, Federer Sonego, and then I've got Uber Urkacz to face Daniil Medvedev. He's had a little drop off of form since winning the Miami Masters as Urkacz, but. Um, I think he should be decent in uh, Wimbledon and on the grass. Uh, Lorenzo Massetti is a tough first round match, but I think on grass he should definitely have the upper hand there. And then I've got him to beat Emil Savori and Alexander Bublik. Um, and yeah, Medvedev spoke about his his route before. Obviously, that Chilich match, the big standout uh, obstacle. But I expect him to make the last 16 to face Uber Urkacz. Yeah, well, certainly this bottom uh, quarter is, is where we've got the most differences. Um, the first one, I have got Cam Norrie, Sam Query. So, yes, I have gone for Cam Norrie to beat Roger Federer in the third round. Um, I just, I feel Federer's fitness uh, might let him down as he gets on a little bit into the week. I, I certainly can't see him not making... The third round, but then I do think Cam Norrie also, I, I can't really see him not making the third round at a second round against Diva Krajinovic, who's never won a match at Wimbledon uh, or the wildcard, Alex Bolt. Um, and, and yeah, I've got him to face Sam Query, uh, does does enjoy Wimbledon. Karenio Buster, uh, a player who also hasn't won a match at Wimbledon, I was reading yesterday. I mean, that really surprises me. I have to double check that uh, just to ensure it's right that surprises me so much but uh, th that is what I read yesterday is never won a match uh, at Wimbledon um, and yeah I've got Query to, to go on and beat James Duckworth and then Lorenzo Senego in the third round and I have Cam Norrie to make the quarterfinal of Wimbledon so it's a backing the, the British number two quite a bit uh, in that last uh, fourth round I don't really know why I've gone for this I always back this guy at Grand Slams. It never really comes off, but I've got Grigor Dimitrov, uh, who I, I'm fairly certain I put to get to the same stage of the French Open, and that didn't happen. I've got Dimitrov to face Daniel Medvedev. I've actually got uh, Cash to lose in the first round to Lorenzo Massetti. Now, Massetti, of course, uh, not a player we've seen anything of on grass yet, I don't think, but uh, watching him play at the French uh, against Djokovic, watching him play before that as well I feel that 
his game should be transferable to grass. He's quite powerful. I think maybe that's all I'm going off of. Um, you know, he's got a good serve. Um, but uh, uh, Cash is on terrible form at the moment. Uh, so I, I fancy Massetti to beat him. And I've got him to beat Marcos Giron in the second round. I've got Ruiz for to go out in the first round to Giron, who's had some good wins on, on grass uh, of late. So, yeah, but <laughs> Grigor Dimitrov to come through against Vadasco, Bublik, uh, and then Massetti in the third round. So uh, definitely my most out there section of the draw, uh, perhaps a little bit of a silly bit, but, um, you know, I'm going to stick with it. And and as you say, uh, Medvedev, uh, I've got I've got him to face the, the 17-year-old, or is he 18 now? I'm not sure. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the wild card in the second round. I've got him to beat Tommy Paul in the first round, his Wimbledon debut. Uh, but then, of course, yeah, that Chilich third round, uh, I've, I've backed Medvedev. I've actually backed Medvedev uh, to the semi-final uh, Wimbledon, but I, I certainly could see him going out earlier than that. Um, I will now just look a little bit deeper before handing it back to, to Marcus. So I've got uh, Medvedev to beat Cam Norrie in the bottom quarterfinal, the, the quarterfinal I'm definitely feeling uh, the most unsure about coming off. Uh, and then I've got uh, Matteo Berrettini to beat Alexander Zverev in the second uh, bottom, well, the second quarterfinal win in, in the bottom half of the draw. Uh, Marcus, I'll, I'll come to you on those quarterfinals. Looking at the bottom of the draw, uh, so as I say, I've got uh, uh, Medvedev to set up a semi-final against Berrettini. Yeah, I've got the same. Um, not really much else to say after that pathway. Um, yeah, Berrettini to yeah, beat Zverev in the quarterfinal. Um, yeah, I just think he might have a little bit more on the grass. Um, Zverev, you never know when he's going to have a bad day on his serve. And I think Berrettini might be able to capitalise on that. Um, so, yeah, I've got Medvedev to um, get to the semi-final and meet him there. I think, you know, Medvedev might be rewarded if he can get through his tough first three matches um, with a nice sort of fourth and fourth round and quarter final against Whoever it may be, I know you know you've got Cameron Norrie to the quarterfinal. I've got Lorenzo Sonego. I still think that's a quite a nice opponent in a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Um, so yeah, I've got Medvedev to yeah, same as you set up a semi-final with Matteo Berrettini at the bottom of the draw. Yeah, and then looking at those uh, top two uh, quarterfinals, uh, so Djokovic uh, to face uh, Andre Rublev. I've got Djokovic winning that, of course. Uh, and then Tsitsipas uh, against Shapovalov. Um, I've got Shapovalov to beat Bautista Gu in the fourth round. Uh, so that uh, sets up that semi-final. Tsitsipas uh, Djokovic, a rematch of the French Open final. Uh, a, a match that if it comes off and materialises, I cannot wait for. Um, because I, I, I do actually think Tsitsipas, I, I know he's not had, uh, I think it's a fourth round at Wimbledon uh, in, in 2018, uh, 2019, went out in the first round. So he's not had the, the best performances at Wimbledon. But I look at that draw and I feel that Tsitsipas is possibly the best chance of beating Djokovic in the draw. I know Medvedev, the high-ranked player, but for me, I, I have more confidence in, in Tsitsipas uh, beating Djokovic. I, I think Tsitsipas will have more confidence in himself, to be honest, uh, to, to do that. Um and uh, yes, yeah, so Marcus, uh, those top two quarterfinals. 
Yeah, actually, same same as you once again. Djokovic, Rublev, Sitsipas. Um, I've got him to face Bautista Agu, actually, and then set up that same semi-final as you. I agree. I think Sitsipas hasn't really made a big run at Wimbledon, so it's a good chance, as it is for Daniil Medvedev and even Berrettini to get some decent ranking points, um, making it to the semi-final stage. Should be an epic match. I don't see any reason why Sitsipas's uh, sort of style and form can't transfer over to the grass courts. Um he should be brimming with confidence, you know, despite the the loss from two sets up in the final of the, of the French Open. I think it's a pass should come into this grass court, grass court season in, you know, in better shape than we've ever seen him. So I, I definitely think a, a semi-final um, appearance would be a successful tournament and definitely a, a spot that I expect him to, I expect him to at least make the quarters. So I think it's a pass to the semi-final to face Djokovic. Yeah, that could be a, a thoroughly exciting men's semi-finals day. Yeah, and then uh, just looking for a fortnight's time at the time of recording uh, will be the, the men's final. I've got Novak Djokovic to face uh, a Grand Slam final debutant in Matteo Berrettini. He sort of won me over a bit at Queen's. His game is uh, fantastic for grass court. And I think all the fans will be behind him as well. After Every, every year, you know, if you win Queen's, you win over a lot of fans uh, in the crowd. He's, he's quite a popular man, Matteo Berrettini, uh, especially with the BBC presenters uh, after uh, last week's coverage uh, of Queen's last week. Yeah, I think at the time of talking, it was last week. Uh, but of course, I've got Djokovic to beat Berrettini in the final. Uh, so Djokovic to win a third straight Wimbledon and to uh, continue his quest to get the, the calendar slam uh, and also uh, an Olympic gold medal. You know, if he was to pull off all of them, uh, it would be quite something. Um, so, yeah, Djokovic, Berrettini. I know, Marcus, you've gone for a, a different runner-up. Yeah, Medvedev to lose out in the final to Novak Djokovic. I'm, I'm very happy to back Medvedev here, I think. He's a more complete player at the moment than Matteo Berrettini, of course, at the same age. I think his return game's a lot stronger. Um, Berrettini may be better at the net, but I think defensively, Medvedev's really strong as well. Um, so I think if that matchup does happen in the semi-final, I'd feel quite confident in in backing Daniil Medvedev, of course, coming off the back of winning the title in Mallorca. Not as big of a title as Queen's, but you could argue his, his pathway to that title was probably as strong as, as Berrettini's was to Queen's. So I think he's shown that he is a good player on grass now. I know he's got a title to his name and he should be able to put that into a, a good fortnight. You know, Medvedev is the standout player for me in the draw outside of Novak Djokovic. Obviously, he's such a huge favourite, but my go-to man, if something does happen, you know, Djokovic defaulted at the US Open if he, I don't know, gets injured, he's 34, might lose out to Mark Polmans in the fourth round. Um, Medvedev's my go-to man as the next favourite to, to take the title, so I think he can get past Berrettini and hopefully challenge and, and make it a competitive final, but yeah, I am sticking to, well, the, the favourite and uh, saying that I, I do think that Novak Djokovic wins Wimbledon this year. I, you know, there's, it's hard to see anyone bashing him off the court, especially after how impressive he was at Roland Garros. Yeah, the um the website we do our uh, predictions on, you can see what other people have gone for and the percentage of people to go for wins. I fully expect over eighty five percent to be going for Djokovic to win Wimbledon. I, I think uh, it, it's definitely what just seems the most normal of course you know I, I like Novak Djokovic but in a way I do hope it doesn't happen and we can have a new winner I completely understand what you're saying about Medvedev I think for me the reason why I backed Berrettini 
Um, it's just because I'm much more worried about Medvedev going out early with, with that draw. Um, and, and for me, I, I, I feel that Berrettini after the Queen's week, I feel might be a little bit more reliable than the Medvedev. Obviously, we've seen Medvedev have that first round loss a couple of weeks ago to Struff. Now, I, I know that probably doesn't mean a lot coming into this. Um, but uh, I, I do feel there is a little bit of element of, of hit and miss uh, to, to Medvedev as to which one you're going to get. Um, and, and in, I think that first round match uh, against Struff, as I keep saying, is, is a huge banana skin. So I think if that match between Berrettini and Medvedev did materialise, perhaps I would rethink and think that Medvedev would win it. But I just feel that I think there's a very good chance Medvedev doesn't make it to that quarterfinal or, or that semi-final. Um, that pretty much rounds up our uh, preview of the Wimbledon men's draw. It's been um, really nearing an hour, the, the podcast now, so we, we will just quickly um, rattle through what's happened this week uh, in Eastbourne and Mallorca. We have touched upon quite a bit of it, to be honest, in that Wimbledon preview. But... Uh, We'll start with Eastbourne. Marcus and I were lucky enough to go on on a couple of days each as this tournament joined each other on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. Um, Alex Dimonu winning the title. Uh, he'd had a good Queens uh, the week before um, and, and looking very impressive, beating uh, Liam Brody, Vasek Pospisil, Sunwoo Kwon or Kwon Sunwoo in uh, straight sets uh, before an epic final against uh, Lorenzo Senego. Um, I was actually travelling back uh, home from, from Bournemouth and I didn't catch any of this match um, unfortunately but it was 4-6 6-4, 7-6 to Demon 7-5 in a tie break so uh, a really close match would love to have been on centre court uh, of, of Wimbledon for that he has got Sebastian Corder in the first round of Wimbledon, that's a very tough draw I've actually got Corder to win this match Corder uh, a quarter finalist at Haller and actually giving Ugo and Bear the, the toughest match of his tournament, taking him to three sets and, and really pushing him. As a demon winning the men's title when he's born, just before I go to you, Marcus, um, Elena Ostapenko winning the women's title when he's born. We were, were lucky enough to see her against the runner-up, uh, Pavlia Chenkova, the, the Roland Garros runner-up, Pavlia Chenkova. She absolutely destroyed her, 6-1, 6-3. Uh, she looks fantastic this week with, with wins against Onstabur. Uh, Rai Bikina, of course, who, who knocked out Serena Williams at the French Open and then winning the final quite comfortably, I, you'd say, on a 6-3, 6-3 store line against uh, Annette Contevi. Um So, yeah, Ostapenko looking really good ahead of Wimbledon. So, yeah, word on uh, Alex Dimoneur and Elena Ostapenko, uh, the, the Eastbourne champions of 2021. Yeah, I hope you're going to allow me to get in my humble brag of uh, winning the overall uh title of uh, Eastbourne in the Predictions League. Uh, no one else on Tennis Draw Challenge worldwide uh, predicted the draw better than me. Um, so yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, I'm very happy for Alex de Menor. Um He's such a fighter. Um, so that must have been an incredible final. Yeah, I wasn't able to, to catch it live either. Um, but yeah, Lorenzo Sonego, a great player to watch as well. And I actually thought, I actually fancied him to, to beat de Menor in the final, but you know, the never-say-die attitude from the Australian that 
you know, it's a surprise really that he's been performing so well on the grass for me. I didn't really expect it. And I do actually have him to lose to Sebastian Corda in the first round of Wimbledon, but still an excellent week for Dimonoy. was able to carry on that momentum from his form in Queen's Club. And yeah, Lorenz, um, not Lorenzo Senego, Yelena Ostapenko, uh, absolutely blowing everyone off the court in Eastbourne when she's running hot. It's very hard to live with. And I think, yeah, she goes straight in. It's definitely one of the top 10 contenders for Wimbledon after that form. Um, obviously, the women's side is is so open. Um, so, yeah, incredible form from Ostapenko. Um, and really good to see after, you know, four years after her real breakthrough tournament at Roland Garros, it's good to see her really kick on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a surprise to see her style, her health and leather style, um, match up well to the grass courts. I think if if her radar's on, um, it's going to be a very tough match for whoever her opponent is in Wimbledon. So yeah, definitely one to watch going into the tournament. Yeah, we will be doing um, uh, some more on on the women's draw uh, during the, the first week of Wimbledon. Um, yeah, congratulations on on winning the overall title uh, for Eastbourne. If you're going to have a little humble brag, uh, I'll just get in just a little mention that um, after, you know, sort of eight, nine years of doing tennis predictions in in some different form uh, on a different website or other, uh, it is lovely to see you finally beating me. Um, it does feel like the reign of uh, the big three is uh, maybe being pulled down or is this just a US Open 2014 uh, where Marin Cilic and Nishikori have come out of nowhere and, and will go back to normal routine next year. Of course, there's still a little bit of this year to come, but it, it, if I was to catch Marcus in our little uh, predictions uh, format that we have, uh, I, I would have to win quite a lot. Uh, it, it would have to be a, a bit of a, a, I'm trying to think of a, a cliche comeback now, but I, I can't at the moment. So there you go. Um, and, and Medvedev winning the title in Mallorca. Um, Marcus spoke quite a little bit about his path. Uh, straight sets wins over Mute and Rude did drop a set to Carreño Busta, um, but before quite comfortably beating Sam Query. Actually, I actually did fancy Query going into that with it just being on grass court, a uh, sort of 250 level tournament. I just thought Query might be able to serve his way uh, to winning that. Um, Marcus, I know you've spoken quite a bit of Medvedev's win. I don't know if there's anything you want to add uh, on, on Mallorca this week. Um, no, it was interesting to see, obviously, a new tournament. Um, obviously, Medvedev being the main takeaway, but no, it was good to see, you know, whether we like watching him or not, Sam Query sort of roll back the years and, you know, he's going to be a threat for whoever he plays in Wimbledon. Like I said, I think he's in that quarter, um, that little section, sorry, with with where I have Lorenzo Sonego to end up making the quarterfinal. So it's a nice run for him. It wouldn't be a surprise to end up seeing Query make the second week. Um but yeah, Medvedev was the main takeaway and it gives me a lot more confidence in, in, in pushing him through to the final. And yeah, just seeing him as the main alternative to Novak Djokovic winning the tournament. Okay, well, uh, that pretty much rounds up uh, what we were going to say. Um, I'll a little mention on um, a couple of bits of, of other business to round up. Uh, Victor Troisky uh, retiring after Wimbledon qualifying. Um lost in the second round there who he lost to has now escaped me so I will quickly look that up uh, whilst Marcus is talking um, but, but uh, retired uh, Novak Djokovic did a nice tribute to Troisky uh, on social media calling him obviously compatriot won a, a Davis Cup or a, a ATP 
cup or whatever. I, I get a bit confused while the team tournament's going on, but he's, he's won a, a couple of titles. I think a Davis Cup title with uh, Victor Troisky, good friends off court. Um, a player that um, has has been around a, a long time now, a former, definitely former top 30 player. Uh, I don't know if he ever broke the top 20. Um, but yeah, okay, Marcus nodding at me. Um, I'll pass over to Marcus because I'm feeling like, because he mentioned to do this little bit and it literally only just popped in my head now, he might have a little bit more prep on Ovid's Troisky. Uh, I have to say to the contrary, I actually don't. But um, yeah, just just... That's just we need to give him a little tribute. I think he's been a, a great career, one that maybe didn't live up to his potential. Obviously, has fallen down the rankings considerably in the last few years once he sort of turned 30 and got the wrong side of that that big number. I don't think he could really maintain fitness consistently. A career high, I'm, this is a guess, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around sort of 13. It's 14. a 12, 12, um, so just looked it up 12, in 2011, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it's clear to clear to see the the talent that was on show there. Obviously, it was in Novak Djokovic's shadow, maybe a little bit as a fellow Serbian. If it wasn't for Djokovic, who knows what the love that he would have been receiving um, over the years. So yeah, no, really good career, um, good player to watch. Fair few titles to his name. Um, obviously, the ceiling of reaching that career high of twelve, um, you know, it's it's really impressive. And yeah, so just a shame, really. I mean, 35 isn't too old, that old to be retiring. Um, I'm sure, you know, he ended up losing to Brandon Nakashima in qualifying. So sort of out with the old, in with the new, the 19-year-old American beating him. Um, so yeah, it's just been a, a good player to watch over the years. Nothing too spectacular. You know, I don't have any standout memories of his performances in slams or anything like that. Um, but no, just a, a consistent player. And obviously... You know, it looks like we might have a few retirements coming of players that we've enjoyed in yesteryears. So I think Victor Troitsky, um hanging his cap up is, is is definitely one to take note of. Yeah, Troitsky never actually made a, a quarter final at Grand Slam, which surprises me. Uh, he's five fourth rounds. Um, he only actually won three titles as well. So to get to twelve in the world only with with three titles, he's definitely one of these sort of you know. David Goffani kind of players, uh, just consistent week in, week out, perhaps never really drops his level, uh, just sustains at a good level. My favourite choice key memory comes from uh, Wimbledon, maybe three, four years ago, uh, smashing the ball out of the court, um, getting very angry, smashing the ball out of the court. I think it flew from whatever court he was on. I think he even went onto a different court. Um, I, mean, I know he got... Uh, I think find a little bit for that. Um, a bit of a charismatic player on court, uh, Victor Troisky. But uh, yeah, sad to see him go, and um, and well done to him on on a great career. Um, and and we bid farewell to him uh, the the Wimbledon qualifying. Uh, and yeah, I think that was it really. Uh, the only other bit I had on any other business, uh, Zenzin Zhang, uh, the first man. Uh, from China to make a men's singles Grand Slam main draw uh, in the Open era. Um, very big surprise. I don't know if David, uh, well, sorry, David's bit has already been. Um, he may have mentioned Zhang in that. Um, if not, uh, keep an eye out on him. I think he's got another qualifier in the first round of Wimbledon, so I got him to actually win a match. It will also be the first Chinese man to win a main draw match uh, at a grand slam in the open era. Uh, that is pretty much it. I uh, didn't think I would be ending on that, but yeah, that's what I ended on. Um, 
Marcus, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I know you're as pumped as, as me. I'm sure we'll be back later in the week. Uh, enjoy the tennis, Marcus. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I think we'll see you for a discussion after the first couple of rounds. But yeah, some really exciting matches. The first round draw always throws up some some thrills and spills. And I'm really excited to, to take in as much tennis as humanly possible over the next week. Yeah, I want to say last Wimbledon, we lost Sitsipas. Uh, and Zverev in the first round, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure about Medvedev. Uh, I think he may have got a little bit further that year. Um, but yeah, there's always surprises going on. We're backing these players this week. Uh, there's a very good chance that come the first podcast, uh, we'll be having John Isner, Sam Query uh, to the to the semi-finals and quarterfinals uh, regarding uh, other results. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you in a few days' time.